Southeast Mortgage, the official home loan lender of the Georgia Bulldogs, presents the official podcast of Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. On today's program, we'll give you the latest news from the world of University of Georgia Athletics and more. And now, from the broadcast studios of Dogs on Demand, here's your host, Chris Hall. Chris Hall here for Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and soon on the radio. And it's good to have with us today Rusty Manzel, recruiting analyst for CBS Sports, Georgia writer for uh, for uh, 247sports.com, color analyst for Peachtree TV high school football games, and there's probably 19 other things that he does on the side. Bless his heart, he has nothing to do. Rusty, how you doing? Good to have you on our program today. You sound like you're about three jobs behind me. You're trying to catch me. You're going the opposite direction. You're you're trying to get to the retirement days, and you're adding work. I don't want to be doing that, man. You know, you know it, I've tried to retire like nine times. It just doesn't happen. <laughs> my mom. Sounds like my mom. She's retired like three different times, and she's went right back after every four months. She just can't do it. Yeah. I, you know, it's in your blood, and you work, and you enjoy what you're doing. So if you enjoy what you're doing, why quit, right? So uh, as long as you can hold out. Uh, you can get with it. Well, of course, uh, you know, we want to talk a little bit about UGA football and some other things as well. Spring practice begins on uh, Tuesday, March 14th, as we record this. That'll be tomorrow. Uh, the spring uh, game for UGA coming up on April 15th. And so here we go. You know, uh, we, we've had time to digest that second national championship, which is just, have you, have you come to grips with that yet? I, I'm still, you know, it's amazing to me. Georgia has won back-to-back. National championships after 40 years of, you know, in between uh, the national championships, it really is quite amazing. And I, even to, to this moment, it's hard to believe, right? Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, we're not obviously here to discuss this, but you know, Georgia wins back-to-back national championships. You're in the kind of the processing celebration part. And then you have a tragedy that kind of took place in Athens with, with the young folks and, uh, you know, two, two members of the Georgia program no longer with us. And, that's kind of not saying derail, but kind of has put the talk. Um, I think when Kirby speaks uh, on Tuesday to the to the media, uh, I know he spoke with Mark Slayball. I think when he speaks to the media and he answers the questions and he talks about this, you don't kind of move on. I'm not saying like a cheap way to move on. I think we just kind of, okay, he's answered those questions now. Spring practices here. And really and truthfully, Chris, I think the mentions of Georgia and when it will kind of really set in for me personally kind of is when we get to SEC media days and it really that switch turns to, hey, it's football season and every question that Georgia, Kirby Smart, whoever they bring in that room uh, in Nashville, everything is going to be back to back, back to back, back to back. Then people are going to start breaking it down. Can Georgia do this? So uh, it's really one of those things like, you know, you, me and you, we look back at the Braves and that role they had for like 17 or 18 years. Now you understand it. But Georgia won the national championship back to back. It's crazy to even think of. But I think as the summer rolls around, I think people are going to really process that what Georgia just did. And quite honestly, Chris, what they're capable of maybe doing a third time, which is unthinkable, to be honest with you. All right. All right. I, it's. 
It, it really, we're still in the processing uh, stage of it, indeed. So as we get into spring practice now, you know, I, baseball started. You and I love golf, and we've been watching uh, golf and, uh, you know, and things like that. But now it's, uh, you know, it's time for spring practice uh, all across the SEC, all across the uh, country. Let's kind of focus in a little bit on Georgia. You know, and everybody is talking about, okay, who's going to be the starting quarterback for the University of Georgia? Uh, you know, who, who steps up after Stetson Bennett? And uh, I, I was, you know, you got Car Carson Beck, you have uh, Brock Vandergriff, and you have Gunnar Stockton. Those would be the three in the mix to be the starting uh, quarterback. I, Carson Beck, you got to think he's he's the front runner, redshirt uh, junior, class of twenty twenty four, four star uh, quarterback uh, coming out of high school. As you as you sit down and look at this now, is that a done deal? Has Carson is Carson Beck going to be the man, or are we really going to have competition for the starting quarterback? Here's the thing about um, this, Chris, and you and I both are going to answer this a million times between now and then. Not one single person on that team has taken a meaningful minute right. snap. And they have not taken a snap to where they were the starter on Monday and they knew all week it was on them. So, um, you know, right, right or wrong, um, at one point, the Georgia staff went through a fall camp and Dewan Mathis was the guy. Right. And for all indications, we kept hearing like, hey, this guy's this guy's pretty good. Well, he got in the game and he couldn't do it. So uh, I'm not saying that's going to happen to anybody else. But until Georgia and I'm not talking about Ball State and and no offense to the Tennessee Martin, but I'm talking about that South Carolina game. Yeah. I'm talking about that early Auburn game. Who is the guy then? But no doubt about it. The process starts right now. I don't think it's a done deal by any means. I do think Carson Beck has a little bit of the leg up, but here's the thing now. Mike Bobo, everybody starts ground zero again. And, uh, you know, it's his it's his team to offense to run, um, and, and he's certainly going to make a you know big decision there along with Kirby Smart on who's going to be the guy. So this is a big spring. It's going to be a big summer. It's going to be a big fall camp. I don't know that we're actually going to know who this guy is until we play those meaningful minutes in the fall. Right. And, you know, each one of these quarterbacks have, have they have kind of a different nuance to their game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I really like Carson Beck. I like his arm, arm strength. He show, he's shown some poise when he's been in the games. But, man, Brock Vandergriff, he, he's, he's a big boy, and he can move, and he can throw. And Gunnar Stockton, you know, he, he kind of advanced a little bit as being the quarterback on the uh, scout team, I understand. It's it's really going to be really going to be interesting, you know. And Todd Motkin, of course, has moved on now to the NFL, uh, the offensive coordinator coordinator for the University of Georgia. You have Mike Bobo stepping in there, yeah. And you know Mike, you know him very well. Georgia fans know him very well. Yeah. Uh, what kind of quarterback would he lean toward? You think now Mike was a quarterback himself, but you know what what kind of quarterback do you think Mike Bobo would lean? lean toward does he want the pocket guy or does he want the guy that can get outside the pocket when necessary you know i don't know i just what is your opinion on that i think who wins this job is going to earn it through respect let me say how that let me clarify that mike bobo was a guy that had the belief of his teammates around him he's got kind of that alpha mentality i think mike would tell you he's not he wasn't blessed athletically uh, but what he didn't have at that point in college was he had grit. He had the respect of everybody in that huddle. So if you're going to play quarterback for Mike Bobo, the 10 other guys in the huddle are going to believe in you. Yeah. And, you know, that that takes time to find out. Now, 
Uh, obviously, the game has changed. So you want a dual threat guy. You want to be able to get out of the pocket. You want to be able to move. So you look at those guys, and you obviously checks the box with Brock Vandergriff, and obviously checks the box with Gunnar Stockton. Carson Beck, maybe with a little better arm than both. Um, he's pretty accurate, as far as I know. He he, uh, you know, is able to process things. He he doesn't move as well as the other two, but he's certainly not a statue. So I think that all those factors are going to play in, but I have zero hesitation uh, in my answer with Mike Bobo is you're going to be a guy that's got some backbone to you, you know, and that's what he looks for. You got to be a guy that can stand in there and take it. Aaron Murray obviously was a guy, uh, you know, Matt Stafford, even as gifted as he was and quiet as he is off the field was, was demanding and commanding of the huddle. So, you know, we're going to find out all these things and listen, Chris, there's, I don't hesitate in saying this. Georgia's got three good quarterbacks. It's a great problem to have. Yeah. Uh, how they separate themselves is going to be fascinating to me because I'm telling you right now, they got three quarterbacks that could start a lot of places that are battling it out. I talked to Brock Vandergriff uh, at the state championship game. His dad's a head coach, and uh, I've known Brock a long, long time. So we had a pretty candid conversation, and I said, Brock, you know, what you thinking, man? He goes, man, everybody thinks I'm leaving. He goes, I'm not leaving. And I said, I got you. And he said, listen, I can't leave this place not knowing that I didn't give a chance and fight and a fighting chance to, to win this job. And that's his mentality. You know, he, he thinks he can win this job. And I, I don't think anything different from him. You know, no one, I've known Gunner a long time. Gunner is wired like that. Obviously Carson Beck has stayed around when he could have left. So it's fascinating, man. It's going to dominate the coverage every day. Everybody's going to be asking who had the best day, but I still think no matter how this thing plays out, I think we're not going to truly know until probably sometime in the fall, like, okay, this is the guy. Yeah. You know, it, it, I kind of, I, you know, it's an amazing thing. You, you kind of mirror these quarterbacks against Stetson Bennett. I mean, two-time national champion uh, quarterback, you know, which one, is similar to Stetson Bennett, which is you know kind of interesting that uh, I'm, I do that. I don't know if anybody else does that. I, I think the the one who comes closest to marrying uh, Stetson Bennett would be Gunnar Stockton uh, right. with his, uh, by, you know his versatility and his ability to run and and throw. Uh, you know, and and uh, there are other questions. I, I've you know every team has questions going into uh, spring practice. Uh, so uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the rest of the team. Yeah, As you look over this Georgia roster, as uh, you'll be observing some of the practices coming in, what do you think are, outside the quarterback room, uh, the most significant questions, concerns, weaknesses, strengths for UGA going into spring practice? Well, I'll be honest with you. You know, it's, it's hard to say that um, Georgia might have a better roster than last year. And because – because they've added some edge guys. Can Damon Wilson, you know, can Samuel and Pimba, those guys that are true freshmen, can they help there? Because uh, Georgia was so thin at outside linebacker at the end with all those injuries. It's crazy they won the national championship. Basically didn't have an outside linebacker. I mean, Nolan Smith was out. Marvin Jones Jr., they was only able to play like 10 snaps a game. So, you know, I'm interested in Ra Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett. You add two big time SEC transfers into the passing game. And, you know, from what I was told, they allowed um, 
they allowed those guys. They got a chance to see Carson Beck and Brock Vandergriff and those guys throw during 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 uh, the national championship practices. So, you know, they kind of said, "Okay, I'm confident whoever's playing quarterback at Georgia, uh, Kenny McIntosh is going to be hard to replace." So I'm interested in running back, but right. you look at Brock Bowers coming back. You look at Amarius Mims, and also I think really offensive tackle is where you are. Can, can Ernest Green be that guy? You know, he's coming off back surgery and those types of things. So I'll be honest with you, man. I'm not, you know, I don't want to jinx anybody, but one through 85, I think Georgia athletically without injuries has a better team than last year. Now it's all going to come down to this quarterback position because we all both know how important that is, but I'm telling you, Georgia athletically, what they've added a lot of guys back. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what they look like at the end of spring practice. And, you know, as you as you look at the recruiting, uh, you know, the class that's coming in and you you look at the guys on the team now, they may even have a better roster next year. I, it's it's amazing, isn't it? The uh, what's tackle. happening in Georgia? Offensive tackle is going to be the one next year. But but yeah. they're the, the, you know, Broderick Jones is going to be a first round. Um, hope the Falcons take him at number eight. They're going to slide a Marius Mims over left tackle. Well, Marius Mims is going to be a first rounder. So right now, you know, they played this season with Warren McClendon, Amarius Mims, and Broderick Jones. Two first rounders, in my opinion, and probably a probably a third or fourth rounder. Uh, who they're who they're gonna have at tackle in 2024 is gonna be a big, big question to me. But um defensively, whew, I'm telling you now, they are, they are, they've added some dudes, as we like to say in the recruiting business. Uh, I'm telling you, that outside linebacker room is something that Georgia's really, I think, needed some help there. And uh, with Marvin Jones Jr., uh, Damon Wilson, Gabe Harris, Thomas County Central, uh, with IMG, him, and then Samuel and Pemba, who will start tomorrow from IMG as well, first practice. They got some guys there, man. I think they have really, really raised the level of play in that room. Yeah, it's 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 amazing, and it's exciting. Of course, the G-Day game will be on April the 15th. Uh, it, that's going to be so much fun to watch, you know. And then we got that long summertime as we watch the Braves win the division and maybe go into oh, a We can always hope. Now, the uh, second transfer portal window, I guess you could uh, call it, uh, opens up on May the 1st. You have it like, I understand, 15 days uh, after that, after spring practice, the guys say, well, I might need to go somewhere else. Any idea of maybe, I, I know you can't project that, but, could Georgia no. pick up a couple uh, from uh, the portal? Would Would Georgia need to pick up somebody in the portal? Well, it's, it's according to how spring practice goes. You know, uh, here's the thing in that that window, Chris. You can't transfer within conference, so it can't be an SEC player. So you knock that out. Uh, but you look what they go through in spring practice and go, maybe we need this, maybe we need that. My opinion, if they take anything in that May the 1st through 15th window, uh, it may be a running back, some extra depth there. Because uh, when you lose Kenny McIntosh, when, listen, Kendall Milton, big back. You know, you look at Branson Robinson, big back. Can they get that? You know, we don't know what Andrew Paul is going to do. You know, he's coming off ACL, so don't really know there. Can they get that shifty guy uh, kind of, you know, it's a matchup problem. If they could get a guy like that, I think that would be something that Georgia could add in that May 1st or May 15th window. Georgia's going to lose some players in that window. It's just going to happen. Um, I would watch the O-line room. They're so deep there. Uh, I don't particularly know who, but uh, usually there'll be one or two. You know, Georgia's going to lose two or three in that window. That's just just reality, and a lot of people are. 
you know, I wonder, I wonder if, when a guy goes into the coach's office and say, look, coach, you know, I feel like I, I need to go somewhere else so that I can play. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I wonder how coaches react to, to that. I, you know, do they, do they encourage the guy and say, look, you know, it's you're stacked here and you may not be able to play. I, I know you may not know, but I wonder how coaches react to that. From my experience, I would say 70% of the time the coaches agree. What they try to defuse is that kid that's upset because he's still third string at the end of spring and he didn't have a good spring and he maybe he's pouted up. He's got, you know, he's dragging his lip in there and like, coach, I got to get out of here. And you're like, no, you're going to stay and fight, you know, and, and, you know, St- and what is Stetson Bennett with a left? Cause he was four string coming out of spring. He was third string. Then he was four string coming out of fall camp. You right. know, it was an afterthought and the dude wind up, you know, so there, there's examples, but I would say sit rough, probably 70, 75%. They're like, look, you, you definitely need to go, uh, you know, somewhere and, and get where you can play and we'll help, you know, as far as I know, from what I've just talking to some people, Georgia's helped some guys. They helped play some guys in Nebraska. You know, the coaches call and say, look, you know, can MJ Sherman play? Yeah, MJ Sherman can play there. You know, he's a little behind here, uh, but he definitely can help you. He's a good kid. So that's, there's, there's a lot more that goes on and people think it just, they walk in there and Kirby signs a paper and never sees them. They, there's a lot that goes on to those where they try to help those kids as well. Yeah, I, I was, I was, you know, I was thinking too, the coaches probably do help. They, you know, they say, listen, you know, you, you go into the portal. I know a place where you might can play, you know, and they make contacts and uh, that, that would just be good. I I think that would be good for the kid looking out for the kid. Now, you know, uh, 2023 seems to be the last season, I guess, for the East and Western divisions of the SEC. Uh, those decisions are still to be made. Are there going to be no, dis- no divisions? Are there going to be pods? That kind of thing. Uh, you know, uh, Texas and Oklahoma coming into the uh, conference. So uh, I don't know. If you had your preference, what would, what would you prefer? You, you want to stay with the divisions? You want to go with the pods? You want to go, you know, with uh, no divisions and uh, let the two uh, uh, teams with the highest winning percentages go to the championship game? Uh, what would what would Rusty Manziel like to see in the SEC? I want to see a world where that Georgia doesn't have to play Ball State, Tennessee, Martin, and, and those teams in the first month. You know, we, we got one game in September, basically. I think you got South Carolina. It's going to be a you know a big game. And um, look for for selfish reasons, and as a college football fan, it's crazy that Georgia hasn't been to Texas A&M. You know what I mean? Like and they've been there for 12 years now, Georgia, whatever, whatever they need to do. I, I don't have, I think the nine game schedule to me, you know, obviously it's going to break some traditions, but when you bring in Oklahoma and Texas, things are going to shake up. Um, I think they're going to protect Georgia, Florida. Uh, and I think they're going to protect Alabama and Auburn. I mean, they're going to protect those games and they're going to do the best they can. But I think the nine game schedule uh, is the way to go. Probably. Um, maybe in pods that way. Uh, so I listen, it's going to come down in May. They're going to have those meetings in Destin in May. And I think before we get to the SEC meetings in June or July, we're going to know kind of what, what's going on there. So I just want to get to good games, man. You yeah. know, I think, I think with college football, I get it, man, you know, but we're asking these kids to play 15 games now and NFL, I know those are professionals, but there's no, gimmies there's no gimme weeks you know what i mean so yeah. uh, and i do understand i've talked to coaches um bobby lamb's a good friend of mine you know and at mercer they had to go play alabama 
And you think Bobby Lamb wanted to go play Alabama, he didn't, but but his program needed that check. You know what I mean? So I'm not opposed to playing a ball state or, you know, a UT Martin, one of those to help. I, I get those. Maybe you don't play them later in the year like we do now. We play that before rivalry every year. Uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, if we play one of those a year and help somebody and you kind of give some younger kids a chance to play, it gives you time to bring your kids to a Georgia game because every week if it's crazy, it's hard to get tickets or anything. So, yeah. you know, but, but you know, I, whatever they do, I just want to have good games and, and uh, get a chance to see Oklahoma and Athens or Georgia and Norman, Oklahoma and Texas A&M go to college station, those types of things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, of course the expansion now of the playoffs uh, after uh, 2023, yeah. I, you know, it, 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 if you're Georgia, Alabama with the expansion of the uh, playoffs, you pretty well think you're going to be in, you know, whatever it might be, uh, however your schedule may all out and whatever you might do in conference, you pretty well think you you're going to get in with the expansion of uh, the uh, playoffs. As as we sit here right now, of course, you know it's a lot of fun to just talk about college football any time at any time. But as you uh, we sort of hear now, as we look across the SEC, uh, Georgia uh, SEC championship this past year. So who who do you think as you kind of look over the landscape? You know the usual suspects will be there, Georgia. LSU certainly is going to be there. What about the biggest threat in the SEC to Georgia winning maybe the conference again? Well, I think what I'm fascinated by is these quarterback races. You look at Alabama, their quarterback's position's open. Tennessee now probably most likely got their guy, but, you know, maybe it's open a little bit more. Uh, obviously, Georgia, look at Florida. You know, who's going to play quarterback there for them? Um, South Carolina obviously got their guy coming back and Spencer Rattler. What's he do in the second year? Because he finished strong beating Clemson and Tennessee. Yeah. So, you know, the the kind of uh, media, the media, uh, I would say media buzz right now is saying that LSU is a team that can take the step up. They got a lot back. Um, we'll see. We'll see with LSU. But until somebody kind of, you know, um, I would say dethrones Alabama. Uh, mid last year they lost two, so it, it happens. They lost too late, but we'll see what they how they come back this year. And uh, certainly, but but I think that the, look at Ohio State quarterback battle, Georgia quarterback battle, Alabama quarterback battle. I think the quarterback battles. Uh, look at Texas, even. I mean, there's you know you got Arch Manning there and. I know they didn't want that, but the press is already saying who's going oh, yeah. to start between Quinn Hewers and him. So you look at these jobs. I think the sneaky team, um, I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I think the sneaky team um, and getting their quarterback back was Arkansas. And, uh, you know, that was a big deal for them because he fits their role uh, so much to what they want to do. So um, I'm, I'm fascinated with the quarterbacks. Uh, Kentucky's going to have a new quarterback. So we'll, we'll see. Hey, it's going to be fun. It's always fun, but it's, it's going to be fun as we look forward to this uh, upcoming uh, season. Now, uh, 2024 recruiting, uh, you guys at 247 Sports has Georgia number one uh, in the uh, class for 2024, followed by LSU, Notre Dame, Florida State. Uh, and by the way, Florida State, uh, you know, had a great uh, season uh, for them uh, last uh, year and doing very well on the recruiting Yep. Uh, trail as well. Then you have Michigan, Texas, Tech, South Carolina, Oregon, Tennessee, Clemson, still awful early, of course, and that's going to all be uh, changing there. So wh- what do you like about Georgia's 2024 commitments at the moment? 
Well, it's off to a good start. Um, you know, you look at Peyton Woodyard, who's there today, the five-star from California. Uh, he was in town over the weekend playing seven-on-seven. Seven. Uh, you know, he's he's been very vocal about recruiting. I think with, with Georgia, you know, um, they didn't sign as many in-state, didn't have to last year. They went all over the country, signed players. But I think this 2024 class uh, kind of starts with the number one player in the state, five-star K.J. Bolden out of Buford. Uh, you know, if I had to pick right now, I would pick Georgia. He's a guy that can play wide receiver or safety. Look at Mike Matthews over at Parkview. I think there's a couple of difference makers that could play wide receiver. Or I think Mike Matthews is the five-star in Parkview that can play wide receiver. Um, I love the in-state. Now, here's here's where it's going to be, I think, is the uh, it's going to be the the tell-o-tale is offensive line. Again, uh, Georgia, extremely deep. But if they have some people leave, uh, after the spring, that 2024 class becomes even more of a priority. Uh, you got a young man at Walton High School, Daniel Calhoun, six foot six, 345, 350 pounds. I know that's crazy to, and I think he's still only, I think he's still only seven, 16 or 17. So, uh, hey, let to feed that young man for a while. Wow. So, so wow. Uh, I, I just think that this is a little deeper in state class. I'm interested in that, but, but, you know, you look at this and George is going to have their, Big, big weekend this weekend. The number one quarterback in the country, Dylan Rayola, out of Arizona, will be in town this weekend. He is certainly a major, major prospect for them. So who do they get at quarterback? Uh, obviously, to go with Ryan Puglisi, who I think uh, the kid out of Connecticut that, you know, Todd Munkin uh, got committed. Mike Bobo obviously still likes him. So they're trying to take two, and we'll see what happens with that. But they've got a quarterback. They've got a five-star DB. They got some guys early on. They got a lot of momentum early on. We'll see what they do with this class. Got a got a kid out of Pebble Brook who might be one of the fastest, if not the fastest player in the country. Dwight Phillips Jr. He has ran ten four hundred. His dad is the former um, gold medalist for the U.S. track team. Um, so Dwight's got some good genes and he can roll. Wow. Uh, so, uh, you know, 2024, Hey, recruiting never stops. Always, always be recruiting. That's the ABCs. Recruiting. Yep. Hey, always be recruiting. Uh, that's the ABCs of uh, college football. In fact, somebody told me the other day says, well, what do you do when, when football uh, college football is not in season? I said, college football is always in season. It is always that, that phone is in Glenn Schumann or Kirby Smart's hands. And, and that's what you sign up for nowadays. You're, you're those guys that are, that are successful recruiters, they're wired like that. Like they can, this is what they do. And um, so I, I think Georgia, you know, I tell people all the time, like, can Georgia finish number one in recruiting? I'm like, it doesn't matter if it's one, two, three, or four. It's what you feel and you get those, you get those positions of need. And right now, Kirby Smart, he, his staffs are getting positions of need. Uh, so Rioli, you think Georgia might get him? Or I think they're Nebraska? in there. I think they're, you know, they are legit. You know, listen, he's got an uncle that coaches in Nebraska. His dad played in Nebraska. He's got a sister that goes to TCU. Um, you know, so Nebraska's heavily involved with that. The problem is, do they have the roster around him? Uh, can they get a roster around him? I, I don't know this quick. You know, if Matt Rule had been there three years, maybe it's different, but uh, you know, there's a lot of connections in Nebraska. You're going to read a lot about that. But I personally, in my opinion, think it's either USC or Georgia. Uh, this will be a big visit for him this weekend with his family, see where he is. And then, uh, you know, I, I expect a decision for him probably sometime in May. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe Georgia will strike cold <laughs> again. <laughs> All right. Rusty Matt. By the way, how did Georgia beat TCU that bad? 
<laughs> well, I'll tell you this. I keep asking myself that question. How did they beat TCU that bad? So I, I told, I've said it a couple articles and said on a podcast, I was in Los Angeles on Saturday morning when they do the media day. And TCU came in first. And I looked around the room and I said, either this is a team of destiny or they're about to get run out of the building because they didn't, they just didn't have the dudes. I mean, they didn't have the big, they had a couple of guys, but they didn't look like Georgia. Yeah. Uh, when Georgia and Alabama and Ohio State walk in the room, you're like, where are these aliens from? Like these are these are 1% humans. Uh, they walked in and I said, either this quarterback is magic or they're going to get drawn. Now, I didn't think it would be 65 to 7, but um, I think I picked it 30, 37 to 14. Um, I think that was maybe towards score 37 in the first half, whatever yeah. it was. But um, it, they just didn't have the dudes, man. They, they weren't ready for that. And I wonder how how they beat Michigan. I, I, how did TCU beat Michigan? So I immediately at halftime of that game, I went straight to the Michigan board because I'm thinking the same thing. Like, how did they lose? And boy, the Michigan board was just coming unglued. You know, in 24 seven, they were just like, how did they? You know, how did we give up this many points? And this is embarrassing. So, you know, kudos to TCU. Man, they had a lot of fans out there. I remember talking to a guy at the bar on Sunday night at the hotel, and he asked me. He said he goes. Georgia fans aren't giving us much of a chance. And I said, well, I, I'll be honest with you, probably not. And he's like, well, we, well, I'm just telling you now, we're different. And he was serious. And I said, well, look, we're, you know, that's why we're here. We're going to find out. So it was ironic. Uh, when I came back into the media hotel that night, he was at the bar. And he had a few, <laughs> he had a few empty glasses in front of him. And I, I didn't rub it in on him. I just kind of waved at him. He's like, you knew. You knew. I was like, hey. I, you know, y'all enjoy enjoy your trip. You know, I kind of went on at that point. Uh, they still had a great year. So they had a great year. Great All time. All right. Uh, Rusty Manziel, 247 Sports, joining us today on our podcast. Rusty, always good to talk to you, man. Get that golf game sharpened up and let's go play. All right. That's the last week. I need to. I'm embarrassed the way I play, but got time. All right, man. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Dogs on Demand would like to thank Southeast Mortgage, the official home loan lender of the Georgia Bulldogs, for sponsoring our program today. When the time comes to finance or refinance your home, make the smart choice and get your home loan from Southeast Mortgage. Your friends at Southeast Mortgage are ready to help you. Visit southeastmortgage.com slash UGA today for more information. Be sure to visit Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and our great interactive website, dogsondemand.com. Join us for our next program as we keep you up to date with the latest sports news from the University of Georgia and more. Until then, be safe and go dogs. Dogs.